Hello! little business before we start the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, find us at anchor.fm forward slash magical podcast. We're also on Instagram. There's some links there. If you'd like to share the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. There's a lot of easy links to do that on our Anchor site. Give us a subscribe there. Give us a subscribe wherever you listen. And if you find anywhere to rate and review us, that also gives us a lot more opportunity to share what we're doing over at Magical. So thank you so much for your support. And of course, check out the show notes where you can find links for our guests material and support our sister podcast, Lilith's Left Hand. You can follow them at lilithlefthand.com. They have a new website. Hope you check them out. Take care. back magical relatives i'm your host paul v hey i'm jessica we're back for another conversation so i brought my friend laura fisher uh who's come to talk to us about a really cool sigil project um i i'll I'll read laura's bio from uh, her website so laura laura fisher creates abstracted landscapes with oil paint working with both subtle and pronounced interplays of color she constructs visual puzzles which challenge viewers to travel into and over and through enigmatic terrain. Her art practice uses this language of movement through the landscape to communicate the idea of harmony between seemingly disparate concepts. And I know how hard it is to create a bio on a, on a website. So I just, we should <laughs> use it. We should use bios. Man. It <laughs> makes me excited about you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, a lot of your work. It's really cool. And there is in the art world, there's there's a whole art to writing art bios and, you know, how do you describe visual work in words and things like that and be succinct and talk about what you think is important. And it changes over time, too. And, you know, for those artists who have a, a broad practice, I don't know how they write bios. I, you know, I guess you find the thread that runs through all of your different work and talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, how many times? How many? Like you? I mean, how many times do you think you've revised it and republished it? Uh, I probably revise it every year and a half or two. I mean, you know, so things shift, like I said, and you know, as we all do, we grow through things, and especially in the art world, as you're working through projects, things change. Your ideas change. Your the the message you're trying to put out there changes, or the way you're saying it changes. So you got to keep those bios up to date. <laughs> Or at least kind of anyway, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, the art world is a strange place. Well, so actually, so Laura, I know you through intention group. Yes. It's been a great addition. I've, you know, I started at the beginning of the year and I've just been consistently going just about every week and you've been there. And, um, so, and I wanted to talk about a project that you're doing with sigils, but, uh, before you know we get started can you tell people a little bit about yourself and like anything that I didn't include as far as the artist bio I mean there's a little bit more to you than that of course and how um I mean you're a fellow practicing magician like to kind of know a little bit more about your practice that's actually really exciting and interesting for me to say out loud I am a practicing magician um (laughs) that's that's a new thing that's a new hat for me to wear and um I, I guess this this podcast is kind of my coming out. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, my husband knows what I'm up to, but I haven't talked to too many people about this. So um, not that I think, you know, a lot of my friends are listening to your podcast, but maybe they will. So, <laughs> but this is new. I'm, um, I don't know. So I, I am new to magic. As I said, this is something that I picked up uh, oh, at the beginning of the pandemic, if I look back, I can see places, you know, where it started for me before then. But in any kind of earnest, um, I started my meditation practice and kind of 
slipped into magic through that. Um, I've been uh, interested in tarot for the last five or six years, um, astrology uh, even more than that, maybe the past 10. Um, uh, art I've been doing all my life. Uh, and so it was natural, you know, when I started thinking, well, I should do magic stuff. And I looked, I don't have a background in it. I don't have any family tradition or anything like that. And so when I started reading things, reading about Wicca and reading about, you know, ritual magic and all this stuff and stumbled into chaos magic and sigils. And I'm like, Ooh, magic, I can draw. This is, <laughs> this is the right thing. <laughs> and, and I got really excited about being able to do visual magic. And I think that's what drew me into, um, the idea of doing sigils and also the, the Gordon White Rune Soup group um, uh, is, is where I've made a lot of my connections um, on this little journey. And, uh, and I don't know. I, I mean, I guess my personal details are I grew up in the Midwest. I, I was born in Michigan, grew up in Chicago area, lived many years after that in Michigan. I have two grown sons and uh, that's, that's kind of the, a lot of the picture or at least the, the factual part of the picture anyway. I don't know if it's the interesting part of the picture, but that's the, the touch points on it all. So, Well, they all weave together, right? All the parts of the picture so. weave together yeah. to make who we are. Yeah. And like I said, as I look back at my, you know, previous life and previous experience with spiritual things, I grew up in the church. Um, my father was a choir director and organist. So I spent the first 30 years of my life, very intensely involved with church and ended up leaving the church part of it. And um, I don't know how I, you know, I'm still working out how I feel about the rest of it as so many of us are. But <laughs> I think a lot of us that grew up with church and then have that, and then we stop going magic and that ritual that when we come back to it is so satisfying because I did miss ritual and those things. And so finding magic really brings the best parts of those experiences back into my life, the things that I really enjoyed. I, I agree entirely. And and even just the simple stuff like um, the thing I missed not going to church was singing. And now, you know, all these little rituals and things that I do, I I went through eBay and I found a copy of the church hymnal that we used to use. <laughs> and so now I can open that up and sing these hymns that, that I enjoyed so much as a kid and, um, you know, make those part of my my own rituals and my own spiritual work. And that's really I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that tie back in and I'm liking this kind of make your own spiritual path part of things and make your own rituals and make your own meaning out of these things. And I mean, I like tradition. I, I like, you know, finding out how other people do, do things and, and, you know, learning from that kind of structure. But when it comes down to it, it's me and the field and um, it's how I want to talk to the field and how the field wants to talk to me. And uh, we get to make that up, which is kind of fun. So <laughs> that's the best part. That's the best, my most favorite part of all of this is how we are all learning all these different traditions and ways that other people are doing things. And in all of that self-education, you're really like finding your own intuitive path forward. And that way it feels so much when you do it that way. You feel so much more connected to the universe because it is the way you speak and the way you're engaging with the universe instead of it just being like, I did these seven steps. <laughs> Which is, I mean, and coming at it as a beginner, there are certainly times where I need somebody to tell me to try these seven steps. And, mm -hmm. and after I've done those a few times, I can go, you know, step four just doesn't feel right. Or, you know, step six, maybe if I put at, at the beginning or, you know, whatever it is, but it is nice, especially as a beginner to have some kind of do a thing, a recipe, if you will, to start with, but just like cooking, you know, I'll, I'll start a recipe. And once I've done it a couple of times, like, yeah, you know, no, I, I can skip this step or I should put that in, or, you know, whatever. And I, I, I approach the spiritual thing very much like that. 
So Yeah, and we need those beginner things, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, a lot of the things I learn that I started learning, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I could do that. I mean, I didn't know to have an imagination in that direction, right? right. In that exactly. way. Yeah. I was thinking of it kind of like, you know, little kids, you know, you ask them what they want to be when they grow up. And if they've never seen that a job exists or a field exists, how can they want to do that kind of thing if they don't know that they can do that kind of thing. I mean, if they've never heard of a microbiologist or whatever, maybe that's totally their jam. But if they don't know that that's a possibility, well, I'll just be a fireman, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's so great to see all the possibility because even if it's not the possibility that like really resonates with you, the fact that there's so much more out there than you are aware of is for me, really life affirming. I'm like, oh man, learning and learning and learning. It doesn't matter how old I get. I still have so much to learn. Still exactly. so many things I'm excited about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, it's a little, I, I know you guys have got littler ones. Um, it's interesting to be on the empty nest side of things and I didn't expect it to be as different as it is, but it's, it's a wonderful time to kind of reevaluate and look at, okay, it's my life again now. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> so this has been really fun. So. I think that sounds equal parts exciting and sad and scary just because right now I have the littles, but it yeah. does happen. It feels like incrementally, right? Like now Paul and I can leave the house for an hour together Right, but it's like remember a big. Thing. I remember when that happened, and <laughs> oh, just that little bit of life back again. There were all these, you know, women friends of mine. Oh, the kids are—they're going to kindergarten, and oh, you know, what am I going to do all day at home? I was like, I have got plans. <laughs> there <laughs> this is so awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I like. I, I like the, I look forward to that stage, but I really like all the stages at this point. It's all, yeah. I'm grateful for every single one of them. I, I am one of those contrary mothers. I, I, when they were small, when they were infants, when they were larval, um, that was not the funnest time. Um, it was hard. And uh, I, I don't think there was a ton of, I don't know, stuff that I got back from it. Once they got to be five, six, that was awesome because then they're then they really have agency. Then they are their own little people, and that I thought was the most fascinating part of parenting was having these little people in the house who weren't me. And <laughs> you know, and now yeah, we're in that phase. We're in that phase right now, and it feels like well, especially because the of everybody being at home alone. But it feels yeah. like we have a tiny community in our home. We're like. Yeah. Yeah. You have people with personalities. And like I said, I think the agency makes a difference. I mean, when you get to be five and six and you can start actually making decisions about yourself in a way that you can't when you're two, you know, um, I, it was way more fun to me, the parenting stuff after that stage. And uh, so uh, in my memory, there was a nice little spot from like five to nine then you get out to that 10, 12, and things are weird. <laughs> and then after that, um, I don't know, then, then they go off their own way. The, my big advice for, for watching out that nobody told me was when they got to just about graduating from high school age, it was like they were toddlers again. My level of parenting went from very low back to very high again. So just be prepared as they start to make that leap out into the adult world, whether that's college or just leaving high school or whatever, the parenting, you'll be parenting again. You'll be doing a lot more hands-on in that stage than anybody ever told me about. So I was surprised. But <laughs> Well, thank you for the advice because I have not heard that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's all good. It's all fun. But I, I don't know. It's interesting to see um, how life goes. And I'm enjoying this part now where it is my life again. And 
and I can do these things like take on this project and um, take on learning magic and just going off on my own path. So it's fun too. Can I just, I just want to say when he read this bio of yours, I've been wanting to say the first thing that you said about making sigils and, and like you are making bios, how you have to be very succinct and you have to know what you're doing and all of these things. And I was like so excited about it because that's exactly the same thing that would go into making really awesome sigils. Yeah. To me, that process is really, really similar. I mean, if you look at the art process of what I try to do with paintings and because I do abstract landscapes. And so when I'm painting a painting, I am trying to get a fairly kind of specific message through in this image. And so I don't have words to use. I can only use, you know, colors and shapes and, and things like that. And it's not that I'm trying to get, you know, a hyper specific thing, but, um, but I am trying to get, uh, the idea of movement or the idea of a, of a specific place or something like that, or a specific time of day or something like that into these images. And I think that that works with the sigils too, because I'm taking some words, a very specific statement and then trying to make it into an image. And the sigil project that we'll talk about was a little bit different, but in my own just kind of general launching sigils for my own intentions and things like that, I really enjoy the process of making those images, making the the little squiggles and, and whatever to take those words and make them into beautiful shapes and or things that I think are beautiful. I mean, it, it, I'll, I'll sit and fuss with them for a very long time. I get, when I'm doing sigils, I get a lot of what people call sigil bleed. Um, they often just launch as I'm making them um, because I do sit and spend a long time with them. Um, it's not just making a squiggle or using a, an app to, to do it, which is all totally fine. It's not that I think that that's bad. It's just my method is to make them very beautiful and they often just launch themselves in that process. <laughs> but this one was a little bit different. So I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So um, we moved to Los Angeles five years ago uh, out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. So small town to big city. And we live right downtown, um, live car freestyle. I'm up on the ninth floor in the middle of downtown. <laughs> and, um, and so my world is very different now um, in many ways. And so, um, I mean, I'm sure that everywhere now there are homeless problems, there are et cetera, and being where I live, there's lots of it. We see it all the time. There are tents on many of the streets around my home and all this stuff. And so um, as I said, I was trying to learn magic. I picked up a book called Urban Magic by Diana Rachel. And um, she has some wonderful, wonderful ideas in there for kind of community magics. Just how can you push this out? How can you use what you learn about energy and this kind of thing? How can you use it in your neighborhood? And, um, you know, she goes uh, through what she calls, I think, hearth and home magic, where it's it's mostly just you, your, your immediate surroundings. And there's, you know, kind of a civic magic where, yeah, you are here to kind of help your city along and all the way up to like, I think she calls it priesthood um, for, you know, really, really connecting with the spirit of place and, uh, you know, having, you know, a much deeper connection there. But I'm probably somewhere between the hearth and home and civic kind of (laughs) idea. You know, I I do want to help. I do. And, you know, we see so much pain and so much. I don't know. It's it's hard to even describe if you don't see it yourself every day. But um, So anyway, so inspired by this idea, she said, well, what if you uh, enchanted a bus stop, a a bench, um, so the people who sat there were rested? I'm like, oh, well, there's an interesting idea. And, um, And since I am, you know, at the beginning of my magical practice and what I know is sigils, I'm like, okay, I can make sigils, right? <laughs> and, and so I thought, 
well, what if I made a sigil and I've got stickers and I put stickers around at bus stops and, and places where people rest and stop and, um, and so forth. So the way I went about doing it was I've been doing automatic writing every morning. I'm kind of getting into a little, you know, light trance state and just doing, letting it flow. And it's, it, that's been really interesting. And so I asked, um, in my automatic writing for a sigil. So this was not one that I made up. This was one that kind of came through to me in this kind of automatic writing state. So so I did this this very rough sigil in the automatic writing and then I took it into well Illustrator and um, made it pretty. Did that same work that I do with my own sigils to try to make it very beautiful and then I made these stickers and not really knowing where to go with this or how to deploy them, if you will. <laughs> I asked um, Gordon White, the rune soup thing, they do question and answer. And I'm like, so what do I do with this? How do I launch these? And he said, put an intention behind it. And um, and so I brought it to our intention group and Paul was there. And um, <laughs> so we, we launched these things. And it was a really interesting conversation that night about the intentions because normally you would use an intention to help someone overcome a health problem or help someone find work there they tend to be very focused and this was not this was how do we empower this big project how do we as this intention group juice this thing up and make it go and um in talking to the group about this a lot of people said well, can I have some stickers? Can I have the thing? I want to do this. I want to do this in my neighborhood, which honestly blew me away. I, I, it was a thing I did not expect. I did not anticipate. And I'm like, well, sure. Here's the files, print your things. And, and I've just been so delighted to see how many people have wanted to jump in on this. So this intention um, group that we did and, and tried to power up these these stickers if you will it was for everybody's stickers and so so i'm i'm just dying to see how this plays out and um what happens with it and uh i don't know I, was was that enough information on how this is going and and where i'm at i i've just now put out uh the first batch um and some of them i put out experimentally because i wanted to see how much I have to hide them. Um, and yeah, if I put them at all visible, they're down within 24 hours, not even 24 hours. We've, there are cleanup crews um, here downtown and they remove all of that stuff. So I do need to put them on the underside of things and the backsides of things. So I'm getting, I'm finding more and more places to be able to, to put them. Um, uh, but I hope that they still work, even though they aren't going to be seen so much so yeah and put them and know that they're gonna work I, yes there is that too I, I try to be you know really positive about this and I, I will tell you one of my concerns is I don't know how to measure whether this works I mean you know it's my own internal you know sigils that I'm launching I can see whether that worked or not I don't know how I'm going to be able to tell whether this works the intention statement that I put into the stickers was um, joy and health to all who wait and rest here. Um, and I don't know how to tell whether that's going to work or not, but, but I figure what's the worst that can happen that it doesn't work. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything if it doesn't, but I can tell you one thing that one of those stickers that I placed, um, that got taken away this morning, there was a guy sitting and this was kind of on a little bit of an open area. So it wasn't just like a bench where, you know, two people would sit or something. This was a longer um, stretch of, of place to sit. There was a guy sitting right where I had put the sticker. The sticker was gone, but he must have sat there for an hour, um, which was a little weird. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe even when they're gone, maybe there's a lingering, maybe, maybe that still sticks around it. And so I, I have hope my fingers are crossed. I'm, I'm, I'm buoyed by that a little bit uh, that somebody sat in that spot um, and stayed there. So hopefully it's working. <laughs> of course, it's a fantastic 
intention statement giving energy joy and and rest to someone else so you know that is such a good intention to give to somebody else i can't for me it's like the one of the biggest parts is knowing that it works it doesn't mean that we know what it will how it will play out in somebody's life right we'll never know that i mean sometimes we'll get to see it when we're close to people right but this one you're not really always going to then see the people later so right i i put a lot of thought into how i wanted to phrase this because there are the people that i see um coming through my neighborhood and living through my you know living in my neighborhood um you know, I thought, I think my, one of my first thoughts was wealth, uh, you know, to put something like that in. And I'm not sure that that was the answer. Um, joy seemed better because we've got the homeless folks and the folks here who are just broken. Um, and so some joy, some health to them seemed good. But we also have all the folks who are working three jobs and are hopping, you know, hopping on those buses back and forth and they are tired at the end of the day. And um, I thought just some joy, some rest, some health, that kind of thing. And even if I can only spread it out a little bit, I know that that then spreads because, you know, if, if somebody has had just a little bit of relief, then when they get home, they're a little bit happier with their kids. Their kids are then a little bit happier when they go to school in the morning. They learn a little bit more. Their teacher has a little bit easier time. The other kids in the class have a little easier time. And I know that those energies spread themselves out, um, even if they're very tiny. So I'm hoping that this has that kind of spreading and blooming effect, um, even if I don't get to see it, uh, you know, in person. So. I love that because as you were describing it, I was thinking about waves, you know, on water and sometimes they collect and get a bigger Mm -hmm. wave and they each have little time, but they're still moving and going out. And sometimes they collect into something that is big and something is small, but they're all still moving. And yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Like for instance, when, when we're doing intention group, we use that chokure, Mm -hmm. you know, that repeating mantra during our 10 minute intention. And, um, I, I mean, I like really got a good under, like a good understanding of that. You, you do the work and then you just know that it is done from Reiki practice. And that is a powerful symbol that we often use. And we just, you know, a lot of times if it's, that's, if it's just that basic symbol, we use that just to open up energy in a room or it's, it's interesting calling it into an intention group, but you but you do when I go and do energy work with somebody. I mean, of course, I've seen amazing, really, you know, life has offered me those, like those pictures of it. Yeah, it's not consistent. But you know that it works because I mean, you just you just do and it's it's kind of something it, it actually we explore in our group a lot, mm-hmm. um, or at least with the Rune Soup community. It's that idea of witchcraft and that's a lot of witchcraft, doing your own rituals, creating your own spells. It just works. You just. Yeah. And I think being fairly new at it, I don't yet have the trust in myself and the trust in my abilities. And I'm I'm getting there. I'm, it's coming. I feel better and better about, yeah, the stuff that I do does have an effect, um, somehow, somewhere, uh, these connections that I'm making are really interesting. And I've had a few of those kind of woo-woo moments over the last six months where, nope, that was really weird and I can't ignore it. And um, yeah, that worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's both, I don't know, good and weird at the same time. But I love the ones that you forget that you'd made, the intention or the, th- and then, you know, when you have it, all of a sudden you look, you know, it's like a realization, like, oh my gosh, it happened. I forgot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Right. I, yeah, sometimes it doesn't look how you expected it to. Those are the, always the weird ones where you're like, oh, okay, well, it worked. I, and then you learn how to do a better specific intention phrase for it the next time around. 
Yeah, you're you are at an advantage at that already, having like been in the world that you have that you have been in yeah. with like making sure your words are the right words. I think some of us um went through some, you know, it took us a little bit longer yeah. to get that. Well, you know. So I've been a freelancer for many, many years, decades now, I think I could count it in. And when you're out there with your own shingle, you do have to figure out how to talk about yourself and how to explain to people what you do and who you are and why they should hire you or why they should look at your art or whatever, or even just what your art is about, I think, in the artist sense. But I don't know. It is a skill. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a nice tool in your tool belt yes for the I, I don't know i'm sure this exists in other industries but in the art world they will have like whole workshops and stuff on how to write your bio how to write your cv how you should put this stuff together and um you know don't use these words or do use those words and, it's kind of crazy. I'm really annoying about stuff like that. I always ask, like, did you turn your stuff in? Please give it to me. I need to look over your word choices. <laughs> well, and I think it's also like, you know, like when you're, a, you know, when you're a creative person and you're, you want to create, you want to, you know, cre you want to create. And yeah. there's, there's a, but, you know, we do live in this like structure, you know, to love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. It's there. And, and it's like, it's nice to have that, like, okay, well, I, I want that in this world that, you know, that we are presented, but you have to like, tr there's some translation that needs to be done yes. beforehand. Yeah. With things like that. Yeah. I think that that, tra that word translation is really important. I, I think of translation and abstraction and I mean, you know, you can take one word from one language and translate it to another, but that doesn't really, really work. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are so many other nuances and there's different grammars to use those words within. And so translation is quite an art. And whether I'm taking an idea and translating into a painting or somebody's taking a Spanish poem and translating it into Russian or whatever, that's, it's hard. And I think that, you know, as in the magical practice stuff as we look back at these really old texts or even not so old texts and going, well, what were they trying to say? It, it's not the words, but what were they trying to get at? What were they trying to say? And how do we make sense of that for the now? Um, yeah. Like there's this trying to figure out what the energy is of the intention because words are not, are so insufficient yeah. for most communication, especially when we're talking about magic words just are a huge disservice. I think if you want to talk to somebody about their meditation practice and, you know, feeling energy or what experience you had when you journeyed and then you try and find words, and they're so hard to find the right word. So even in your intention, you try to find the right word and you're doing the best that you can, but there's this energy behind it that makes it what it is. Yeah. And so we're making them in the context of the culture that we live in. So I love the idea too of what you're saying. Like when you're looking back at the stuff that people wrote and you're like, what actually were they intending? Because the words don't match what I would think. Yeah. So the way I use those words now in 2021 might not be the way they used them in 1815 or, you know, or even earlier. I mean, you know, it's just different. Yeah, when I went to college, I studied antique Italian, and we would have to like look at this book, and then we're looking at the Italian, and then you're looking at the antique Italian, and then you're like thinking about the English word, and it was really like it was a really complex <laughs> process yeah. that helped my brain a lot and yeah. opened me up to different ways of thinking. But it is, it's so fun to look at that stuff, and you have to remember that the way things are worded might not be what you what it means to you yeah yeah i don't know i i think my favorite part of those intention nights is the is the workshopping the intention statements well i mean that and the silly chaos ones oh, those are fun too uh, but uh but 
trying to find the right kind of statement. Um, and some of them we just kind of throw together. Some of them we use the same words a lot, uh, thriving and flourishing. We did flourishing last night, I think. But uh, um, I think my favorite ones are where we can find a description of whatever person um, in, in their in in their intended state. Um, so uh, maybe somebody's having trouble with their shoulders. There was one way back that, that we did where um, she was having trouble with movement in her shoulders and arms. And the intention statement was uh, something about her being able to lift her arms in prayer. Um, and, uh, or, you know, she's joyously lifting her arms in prayer. And it, those are my favorite ones when we can come up with that kind of, give me a really good picture of what this person wants to have happen through this intention, um, as opposed to just, you know, Judy can move her shoulders or, or she, uh, you know, is healthy, which is fine. And, and you could totally do that too, but. I like the ones where it's really concrete, where, where the end goal is really concrete. Well, that, yeah. And then when you're sitting with the intention for that time, the visualization, like your ability to visualize that and the feeling that comes with it when it like with the word joy in particular. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that would be an intention. Those are the intentions that you can kind of like feel feel them radiating from your body. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I, it was, that was part of my intent with this uh, sigil sticker project was to find a statement like that. But how do you apply that to a big group of people, you know? But I thought joy was nicer than just wealth or prosperity or something like that. Cause that looks so different to so many people, but joy you can tell when people are joyful and you can tell when they have that in their life. And um, anyway, I like that word. It's a good word. Yeah, because finding joy allows us, it, it, the way I see it, you want to find other things. I mean, having joy in your own life mm -hmm. and being able to see things from that perspective allows us, it changes your perspective from something yeah. that is less joyful. Yeah. So. I think that's a really powerful intention, honestly. Yeah. Well, I just really liked the idea of using, like just placing a sigil and just kind of having this like guerrilla tactic where you're placing a symbol, but with something that feels really good. And it doesn't, <laughs> and, and you know, like maybe one day the sigil will come out with the prosperity or the wealth or whatever. But um, we were having a conversation on an earlier episode with um, somebody I like, I like to talk with on the regular Michael Wan and and he was talking about he was with the, you know he likes to go in weird directions and he was with his sons and he was driving down the street and he's like hey look at that stop sign like how many stop signs do you think think we see and like and what is that stop sign actually saying to you it's this big red stop and how many do you see every day and you know we go through the world and consciously we may be taken maybe on a good day 10% mm -hmm. but subconsciously you're just taking in everything so all those symbols you're just seeing flashed repeatedly from ads, media, television, yeah. sounds, everything that's just really like outside of, you know, that natural world. And so I just like the idea of is like, what can we do who, who are like really doing our best to stay connected with that mm -hmm. natural state of being and bring that into some symbology or yes you know this vibration to little spots you know wherever you can like little oasis wherever we can wherever we can like like you said like hide them yeah so that somebody yeah. doesn't pick them up and we don't have to have been you know practicing magic for 10 20 years and writing books we actually can pick it up now and take our unique skills like you you know, came into this and you weren't sure what you were doing and then you found something that you really liked and then you used all of the things that you're really good at to bring this amazing gift of joy to other people. Like that is what we're supposed to be doing right I now. So I, I really do think so. I mean, we are so influenced by this 
paid media culture that loves to give us bad news because that makes us watch the news and click on things and stuff like that. But there's so much good. There's so much. I mean, all of these energies are contagious. Bad energy is contagious, but good energy is contagious too. And so if we're just putting out these little bits of joy and goodness and happiness and calm and harmony and all those other words um, that don't sell newspapers or TV programs, um, they're still super important. And it's really satisfying to make that contagious instead of shock value stuff and, you know. It makes me laugh. Like, what's that movie, Paul? They Live. It's like the opposite. It's like, but we're trying to do the opposite of what they live. Have you seen it? You're like, yeah, our sunglasses, when you put the sunglasses on, you look around and you're like, oh, joy and health and peace to you. Have a comforting, you know, like it will. I love the idea of, of a bunch of, of people in tune with the universe, just putting out messages to counteract all of those other spells. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I feel we almost have to at this point. I mean, or or just make a more concerted effort because there are certainly people making concerted efforts to keep us angry. So why shouldn't we be making concerted efforts to keep people joyful in harmony at least you know pleasant (laughs) I mean and I don't mean to be too Pollyanna-ish or I mean part of wanting to do this was looking at all the pain of the people around me I mean there is a lot to be angry about and there is a lot to fight Uh, but you can only fight so long without falling back to the oasis recharging, finding that peace, finding that harmony, and then going back out there. So if some of us in in this, you know, balance or, or in this strange thing are here to push out the joy part, I think that's just as important as those who are on the front lines fighting, you know, in, in more uh, combative ways. Uh, so hopefully it all works. Hopefully it all works together. I love it. I love that it's not about money um, because even though you want to put that good energy out there for people, we still everybody's still living in this structure, right? And money is as a as a really big part of of the problem um, yes. in this structure, right? And so the way I see it is the intention that you have put in to this and then you were given this sigil that you are sharing is, is great because it is an intention outside of the structure in which we are all Mm -hmm. being forced to live. And it is giving us all a little foot into the door of something else. Like maybe the wealth part, I get it homeless people need money and poor people need money and we all need to live. And, um, but like trying to step out of the, this matrix or whatever you want to call it into something else that is more living within the universe and in a, in a different way. Yeah. I think that's really special. I'm glad that you said that because I knew going into it that the whole prosperity thing didn't sit right. And you, I think, just put it into words why I think it didn't um, to, to just step outside of that matrix, to step outside of that, um, I don't know, having to have things. Uh, yeah, like everybody thinks, oh, money will fix everything. Yeah. But I mean, as we can see, when we look it. around. I mean, I, I get it. We all need to eat. And I didn't yeah. grow up like a rich kid. I, I We, you know. Um, so I understand, but yeah, but the, the stepping outside of, this is just the, the way to keep us feeling thumbed down. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So but hopefully, I, I don't know. Like I said, energy is contagious. I think, you know, what I've known that for a long, long time, you, you know, prior to any kind of, you know, magical practice. I know that it's contagious. I know that my bad mood goes on to my kids and my husband and whatever. And, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, it's a, we're human, but I also know that my good mood 
goes on to my kids and my husband. And, and then if they're in good moods, I know that that goes out. So hopefully we can just spark these little pools of joy and little ripples of joyful things instead of angry things. And I don't know, there's still sadness and stuff. And we have to recognize that there are different emotions. And I think that we feel the most joy, those of us who have felt deep sorrow. Um, if, if you're only operating in a tiny little bandwidth, you may never feel terrible sorrows, but you probably won't feel huge joys either. So I, I, I allow for that in my world. Um, you know, yeah, we have tragedies and we have grief, but we should also have joy. And uh, sometimes they're all tangled up together. So, Well, I think it's already working because you're getting energy coming back to you talking about, I mean, all of these people like, oh my gosh, this is a good idea. I want this to happen. And then they want to be involved and then they're putting that out there. And then you coming um, and talking to people about this and then just saying, I am using my knowledge and my gifts to do something. Yeah. And then people might want to go, oh man, my knowledge and gifts might do something too. <laughs> and if we can all just start using our creativity and our energy towards giving something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have said it's like, oh, you've inspired me to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, even if it wasn't exactly this thing, oh, she's doing a thing in her neighborhood. Well, I could do a thing in my neighborhood. And I'm, I'm so delighted. <laughs> so just absolutely pleased that that has been an effect of, of doing this. I, I think it's just wonderful. So glad to see running with it. That is one of the things that's so great about these intention groups is because what you're doing is intending really great things for other people. And you mean it with every bit of your every cell in your body. You mean that. But it also gives so much back energetically. And I can see that right now for you. And yeah. I think it's really yeah. amazing. It's yeah. been cool. <laughs> I'm super happy that you came on. Oh, good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> this yeah. has been really fun. I and um, I think I've got those files with the with the sigil and stuff in a public space. But I can, um, if they aren't in a public space, I can put them someplace where people can get them if you'd like. So just to download. Yeah. Yeah, if, if people are interested, I'm going to make sure to host it and share it on our social media as well cool. as uh, host it on the episode site. So if anybody, and then there, and everybody's been doing a really great job about sharing different places you can print them out based on price. So there's a bunch of different options. So check them all out. There might be a cheaper option that day. Right. Yeah. A lot of places still do, you know, 10 stickers or something for a dollar or something like that. And um, yeah. yeah. And I, I do want to shout out that book again. It's called Urban Magic. Um, it's Diana Rachel. And uh, it's really nice book. It's maybe not full-on beginner magic but really accessible if you have a tiny bit of knowledge if, if you're not at the absolute first step but maybe a couple in i think it's a, a really good book um about how to do magic in your community this feeling that things are there's open opportunity to like make a difference now and yeah. just finding that pathway in and so i think like doing these things like like just printing out a sticker and like putting in a different zip. You'll, you'd be surprised where it leads you. It's just like, I think I remember when I first joined Rune Soup, like the community there was like, once you start playing with those tarot cards, it's over. You're just, things are going to get weird. And you're like, okay, sure, whatever. And then, I mean. Here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Any, any other uh any, any other place people can find you or things you want to I uh, just it's laurafisher.art if you want to see my paintings so yeah but. check them out <laughs> thanks for coming on laura oh thank, thank you for having me <laughs>